This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Well, hello, everyone, or should I say Merry Christmas to all you guys listening out there. This is a special episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. This is not just going to be any old episode. I mean, you can tell, already tell if you've downloaded this in your planet, you can see what's going to happen. You can see it from the title and you can see in the description. This is going to be the first of what I hope, hope will be a lot of commentary episodes. So a couple of weeks ago, Zoe and I got together over Zoom using her paid account because I still have the free one. And as we all know from using Zoom this year, because hashtag pandemic, that if you only use the free account, then it kicks you out after 40 minutes and makes you start a new one. But if you get the paid one, let's see, that's an incentive to go and buy, then you don't get kicked out. So we got together on her Zoom account and we watched together the Kate Bush Christmas special. Hence the beautiful ethereal vocals there at the beginning of this episode, because those are the vocals that open 
the Kate Bush Christmas special. Or should I just say Kate? That's what it says. It just says Kate. But a lot of us know it is the Kate Bush Christmas special. So Zoe and I watched it together over Zoom. And we did a commentary track while watching it. So feel free to pull up the Kate Bush Christmas special and watch and listen along with us. If you'd like, in the description, it's going to be the link where you can watch it. It's a fan remaster, with, and it looks really good. Like, oh my gosh. And I mean, you gotta admit that this thing has not ever, never even been released officially on DVD or anything, which you need to release it, just like you also need to release the Before the Dawn. <clears throat> of course, I'm gonna keep saying that she should. But I'll put a link there in the description, and so you can listen and follow along while we're doing our thing. It was a lot of fun to do this. Zoe and I had talked about doing this for a very long time. I can't remember. It was one of us who said, oh, yes, we need to do commentary for blah, blah, blah. And I know we vet, we wanted to do the Kate Bush Christmas special. We want to eventually do the Night Flight interview, the infamous Night Flight interview from 1985 when Kate Bush was promoting the Hounds of Love album. And a couple of others, or a couple others within there. But those were the two main ones we wanted to do, and especially the Kate Bush Christmas special. And we decided to do the commentary for Kate this year. Because let's face it, 2021, ah, not 2021, that's the one that's coming up. 2020 has been a really weird fucking year for everybody, for the world. And this is our Christmas present to you guys to thank you all for being loyal listeners to the show, for sharing the show with other Kate fans, for the, for the follows and for the mentions, for the messages. Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It has been a weird year for everybody. And we were so happy to get together over Zoom and watch something that we love and that we know all of you guys love. So I think that's about it for the introduction, honestly. (laughs) So without further ado, let's just get right into it. So feel free at this point to pull up on your on your your computer or your tablet you can pull up the Kate Bush Christmas special and of course pause it and then you can listen along with us so here we go here is going to be our commentary thank you all so much again and hope everybody has a very merry Christmas and let's hope the 2021 is a lot better all right so I guess we'll record a little intro here so, welcome everybody to this special commentary. We have Zoe and I are on video Skype. We're actually seeing each other for the first time. She's going to see me in all my ADD glory, you know, twirling the hair and like all the faces. And we are going to be watching the Cape Bush Christmas special from 1979, a Christmas tradition, as it should be for every Cape fan. It's not a Christmas tradition. I was saying especially earlier. It's just because as those of you, so some of you might not have seen this. If you saw my favorite now, you would just have some judgment on that. Anyways, um, <laughs> I see, I see the things. Good for us to do video. This is why it's good for us to do video. Like if you saw, if we did all our things through video, you would see so much mm-hmm. bitchiness on my face all the time. So I'm just like, I'm thirsty and bitch mode all the time. But so, um, <laughs> so basically, so, the Kate Bush, what, what's known amongst fans as the Kate Bush Christmas special is technically just called Kate and like her hands open and it says Kate. Um, it's from 1979. 
it actually does not have anything to do with Christmas. It just was basically like, like most Christmas specials, they'll do some little like Christmas songs, whatever. So she does have the song December Will Be Magic Again, which is her Christmas song. But besides that, this is essentially just kind of like a little showcase that was on the BBC, which is the weirdest thing that has ever been on the BBC, which is saying a lot because British people are weird. Um, I'm part British, so I'm allowed to say it. Me too. Um, so this was on the BBC in 1979. It has gained a cult following among um, me. And um, I mean, I know other Kate fans too, but like I don't know anyone who's as obsessed with this as I am. I've made so many people. There are like hundreds of people who've watched this probably because like me not setting the fuck up about it ever um <laughs> it's basically so she performed this was recorded while she was still making never forever so it includes songs from her first two albums and a preview of some songs that will that would be on her third album never forever that have not been released to the general public yet but are here in their finished form and so, Kathleen, what is your history with the Christmas special? Like, how do you find it? What's, what are your general thoughts on it? I first found it when Andrew procured it for me. He, 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 through various sources, pre-YouTube. Wow. So, yeah, because I, a lot, some of this, some of these specials that Kate did, I'm only, some of them I'm just now seeing because they were hard to find. So, he found it for me. And when I watched it, when was it that you watched it? Oh, goodness. This would have been like 2006, 2007. So I had been into her music for a couple of years at that point. And when I first watched it, I thought, there's nothing to do with Christmas in this, but okay. Other than December will be magic again. Magic again. But... Now that I watch it now, I feel like it's a kind of a, a continuation of like if she had continued touring or doing more concerts, that more of her concerts would have been like this. Like each of, I mean, like with the the tour of life, if you watch the Manchester bootleg, that each song is like its own little set piece from its own little theater musical. And I feel like if she had continued doing live work that she would have kind of gone like kept up with this vein and I feel like it was an interesting detour down kind of a one-way street you know yeah it's interesting when you say that because it almost to me thinks about makes me think about perhaps a reason she didn't do live work because this shows the limitations of live work she does a lot of video stuff on here such as the Egypt performance the wedding with performance how for um the duet with Peter Gabriel, there's a video projection in the back of them, things that aren't actually really doable live. And so maybe that kind of speaks to why I think a big reason she didn't perform live. She has said many times, I actually enjoyed performing live. It wasn't the fear. It's more that I was A, working on my recording and B, a lot of the things I want to do, such as like a ninth wave short film, aren't really accomplishable in theatrical format. And so technology, so this actually is a good medium for her. And in the book Under the Ivy, which is kind of the definitive Kate Bush biography, um, Graham Thompson's very hard on this. Um, mm -hmm. I think part of it is his like straight maleness coming out, and this is pure camp. And oh, another oh, so thing totally. is that, yeah, and the thing is that he taught the way he discusses it is that, and this is true, is that this is kind of like a mini tour of life because it includes a bunch of the performances that were done in the tour of life. For example, them heavy people, the way they perform it is pretty much the exact same as on tour of life, but. 
So he's like, oh, this is kind of pointless because it's just like a bootleg version of Tour of Life. But it's not because not everyone got to see the Tour of Life, you know? Um, and also there are things that are added, as I mentioned, those extra video dimensions that make it yeah. special. So that's how much, that's like, so it is, you're right, like it is maybe where she would be going, but it's also, it's for, it's kind of like the purpose of this, I think, is to bring her performance to people who weren't able to see it live. Yeah. Which, you know, it would be nice if she did that again. Seriously. Right? (laughs) Did she not learn? Anyways. I know. And yeah, like the, it's also violin, the way that she performs violin in this is very similar. so different. To oh, it's similar. Oh, tour play. funny, you were gonna say similar. I was gonna say different. Oh, really? Because, well, I mean, the, the the them heavy people is similar to the tour of life, but mm-hmm. she's not dressed in the same way. In this one, she's more yeah. like, oh, I look like honestly, like her outfit kind of reminds me of an outfit we'll I wore her yeah, outfit. when we get to that. Like, reminds oh, me of like I a recital outfit. Um, but. Then what I think find also interesting at the very end, like over the music, over the ending credits, is an instrumental of Weathering Heights because probably people were expecting her to perform Weathering Heights, and she was like, "Oh, ha, 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 you want me to perform my big hit? I ain't doing that. <laughs> Fuck that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I think Violet. Well, well, maybe we should actually save this for when yeah, Violet so. comes. <laughs> but I think that there's some interesting differences. But what I was going to say is my history with, and good for us to talk about our history with this. My history with this is that this is my life. <laughs> This this Christmas special is it's everything to me. It's not a Christmas thing. It's an every I've lost it. I cannot count the amount of times I've lost it. Back before gyms all closed down, I would often watch it while I was in the elliptical at the gym. And I'm just like, imagine the people looking over at my elliptical and being like, What what the fuck is she watching? Like, what girl? Like like I just watch it. I just basically have it ingrained into my DNA at this point. It's everything I love like it's I mean, there are some really cringe parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're general, but it's perfect. It's it's everything I love about her, and everything that makes people who don't like her just like her. Yeah, and that's why. And so, yeah, it's, it, this is everything that the people who are like she only became great with hounds of love hate about her, and that's why I love it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> also, this is the yeah, this is all the camps. This is all the extra. This is all the like the uncontainable feminine hysteria that people can't handle. Love it. I feel like on this, she just, yeah, it is pure camp, and I I love it. I love the theatricality of it. I love that she's just, I mean, as we'll see, like, every song, it feels like a little set piece, and I absolutely love it. I've watched it, I usually watch it on Christmas Eve, but I'll just watch it just because, because I like the visuals, and yay, Kate, woohoo. Yeah, it's like, it's it's nice that people have it as a Christmas tradition. Like, I have different. I mean, I'm Jewish from New York, so like, Christmas just means Chinese food. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just watch this so often that it's like it's not like oh on Christmas I watch it. But we are releasing this episode for Christmas because we were like, yes, that would be a nice thing to do, right? Exactly. So shall we begin? Indeed. Can you see? Can you see this, the video? Yes, I can. Perfect. So basically what we recommend for you guys is to pull up the video because unfortunately we can't do a video podcast with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're both technologically uh, impaired, but um, <laughs> well, not so necessarily host the whole podcast. She yeah. is not technologically impaired. It's recording the video don't... portion. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how to do that because I've only ever done the of audio. Course. So, Right, of course. But um, so 
what we recommend is that you pull up. It's on YouTube. Maybe Cecily actually in the um episode. I will link it to it in the show notes. Yeah, you'll link it. But it's called, like, 1979 Christmas Special Kate Bush Private Remaster, for instance. That's mm. important. Um, God bless whoever privately remastered it. Prop, oh, seriously. Prop, prop, well, I think we know who. So... <laughs> We know who. Come on. Thank you, Mr. Palmer, a.k.a. our Santa Claus. Maybe. He is our Santa. And, and, he, and I will have many comments about him in this performance. And maybe while you're at it, could you release a certain concert series that you're... He doesn't have it. He doesn't, he doesn't have access to that. He was already cut off. Remember... Oh. oh, that's a whole other conversation. But well, he yeah, was, that's other he conversation. Was already <laughs> that, we, have, we have to get Danny McIntosh for that. He was already not uh, in the loop or True. the bed at that point. So, you know. Yep. All right. So, All right, here we go. So, so we're going to start. To recommend pulling it up, we'll offer live commentary. Mm-hmm. So, as her hands are doing this opening woo-woo thing, something I always have liked that her finger, like, because she always has these red-painted fingernails just in all her performances at this early point in her career. I, I like that, that even her even her cartoon fingernails are red. Mm-hmm. Love it. And here she is hanging from yeah like a bat because what i love about this and i think i spoke about this on our never forever intro episode is that at this point in her career she said they call me batshit crazy i will give you Mm -hmm. batshit crazy so she's right now dressed as a bat um this should be a visual podcast but so what i so speak it's okay so she opens a violin which has not yet been released from never forever what's very interesting it's very hard for me not be distracting by how fucking crazy this performance is i say it's a lot. oh my god I yes i love like to me the way i describe this um to people who haven't seen it i'm like it starts with her performing as a bat of speed and it only gets weirder from there oh especially and, with the violence at the end you're like we're thing. oh yeah oh yeah so basically <laughs> what i find interesting about this is that this is the final version of violin that we hear on never forever mm-hmm. and in the tour of life which was the same year as this Violin sounded very different. It was more drum heavy. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I think I actually prefer the Tour of Life version. And Me also too. in that, or no, 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 never mind. I'm thinking of Egypt. Egypt is the one where I prefer the Tour of Life version. Oh, seriously, but yes. That's the one, not this. This one, I actually like this version. But um, but so it was different. And she's dressed more in, she's not just as a bat. She's dressed in the same outfit she wears for Egypt, which is a like fake you know, Orientalist, like, I guess this is what my Eastern outfit is, which mm-hmm. doesn't really go with violin, the song, but it's more because she's coming off Egypt. So I'm wondering what your general thoughts on this uh, performance are. You know what? It's good to come out strong out of the gate. And yeah. she, like, she does this on this, like, oh, oh my God, we get the, we, we get the, we get the dueling violins. Oh my God. I it's love like this guy. her opening her whole career with Wuthering Heights. She's like, I will come on strong. Mm-hmm. And her hair, I'm wondering what the, what I'm like, with the, with the little whale spout or something there. That's interesting. It's a feather. And it's weird because she's dressed as a bat, but bats don't have like a feather thing. No, they don't. They don't um, have feathers. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And so this performance is, yeah, it's insane. She seems like she's, this is what I don't get about the fact that she was a stoner. Most stoners are like, chill. Mm-hmm. This is no chill. No, she's just like, boom. Right, you would think she's on uppers. But yeah, she's not. So, um, so yeah. So, I want and what I love about this song, I said to Cecily earlier, mm-hmm. that was nice about doing this recording is that we get to talk about songs 
that she and I didn't talk about for the um, mm-hmm. podcast. What I love about violin is that to me, it's just like recording of just the capabilities of what extremes a human voice can be put yes. to. Like, is it a great song in terms of like composition, meaning, all that? I don't know, but I love it because it's like a recording of this moment in time when she could do things with her voice that few people could ever do. And yeah. to be able to have that recorded for posterity, I think is really important in, and meaningful. Oh yeah. And and fucking just like empowering and cool and awesome. And here she goes fluttering. If you're watching it with us, <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's like they they're so full of energy. If you're at the end, that they collapse at the end of mm-hmm. performance. They they couldn't even like it's like you can't pull it. Yeah, just like much. can't even like keep keep it in. I love that performance. So comes, that performance is mm-hmm. just so can't. Oh my god. Okay, we get know, we get like, the we start with that. It's like, it's like, that's how you weed people out. You're right. Like if you start with that and you can't deal with that, you're not going to be able to handle the rest. So the, or as far as I'm concerned, you can't handle that. You can't handle her period. But so the piece that's playing here, this is, um, Gymnopedies by Eric Satie. So this, I know this was used on the tour of life to go into, um, Sympathy and Blue, which I love. I just, I actually was singing along with that the other day, like not singing an octave down. I was singing it with her mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. And what I like, I like the, this, it, it's supposed to be played very slow and mournful and it's got all sorts of interesting chords in it. And for those of you who either haven't seen this as a special or aren't able to watch it with us, essentially what that was, what was happening while that piece was playing is that there's the two background dancers who are dressed up as violins mm-hmm. are like pretending to be sleepy and then handing over the stage to her and Kate, oh, Sexy, I'm gonna, I'll be right back. I'm grabbing my sweater. So I literally own the sweater that she's wearing here. This is some of my proof that she's my biological mom who abandoned me at birth. Um, but <laughs> before I do that, I will say I love this performance. To me, I do like, too. She, it's just, it's just her and the, like, there's just, to me, what this performance is, is that it's raw talent. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you, like, I can see you'll be like, oh, she's ridiculous, all this, all the extraness, all this. But this is just somebody who is so brilliantly talented. And it's interesting because she's actually not performing live here. I did always think she was. Um, but it's, but it is a recording of her singing live. So the here is. Yeah. The thing is, like, I can tell that she's not singing live because you see, like, she keeps going, like, close to the and her voice right. tone never changes. Right. Well, I'm not as old to those things, so I didn't know. But um, I also, another thing about her in this performance, I do you know that Muppet Janice with, like, the giant, like, she looks like that Muppet. Like, just, like, yeah. her, her face eyelashes <laughs> are taking over her entire face. And she just looks, I mean... This, this woman has bought all of the blush in the United Kingdom. Um, her hair, Lord, Lord. She um, normally, to me, she's a hair icon. 1979, so ni- the middle of 79 through the end of 1980 is the only hair period where hair does not look good because it is went through a deep fryer. So she literally, <laughs> Sis literally has her bangs crimped. Like she went to every extreme. It is, it is mm-hmm. not flattering. It is not flattering. It's it not is good. Not. Um, and this, and it really can, she looks like a Muppet, but I say that with love. She's my Muppet. She's my mother. You know, speaking of which I'm, you offer yourself performance. Like show you my sweater. You're going to (laughs) die. And what I also just like, yeah, I love the raw talent in this. Like we don't get to really see a lot of like, cause Kate doesn't likes to perform as 
a character and not as herself. And I like that in this that she is performing as, you know, just like to her at the piano where it all started. And I also like love the little like the, the way she uses her face. Also, love I also really love her makeup. I love her makeup and oh, like the, like, the bright lipstick. And Someone has to love it. It's I and like she's got all the like the big theatrical makeup there that like is yes it's like a lot when you go like up close when you look at someone who's who's makeup made up like that but the idea is that you can see from far away that you can like that they well, really stand out. That's the thing that's funny to me is that she didn't realize she's like you wear makeup differently for a TV recording than a theater performance and she has applied it for a theater performance not for a TV recording. Like she didn't learn. It's like, girl. Anyways, this is Symphony and Blues. This is the sweater. Is this yeah. not literally it? Ooh. Looks nice and cozy. Oh. This is literally the exact same sweater. So I'm like, how do I happen to have oh. it? And then I think she's got some sort of like glittery green skirt or something that she's wearing. There. Oh, I'm gonna talk about the skirt a lot in the in the like people. doesn't I don't think quite goes with hers oh i love, oh, I love her look she's like so I, yeah i love she's just like she looks so humble so so yeah mm-hmm. that i will talk a lot about the skirt and heavy people and i also want to add disclaimer yes yes we are because i've sometimes when i've like talked about outfits and stuff she wears people are like why are you just talking about her appearance <laughs> i'm just gonna say go back Stephanie and i recorded literally hours like hundreds of hours of like detailed analysis of her music we're allowed to talk about her clothes too. Like, mm-hmm. if you, like, like, when, like, I remember once I made this thread for like her her 60th birthday, like 60 fun facts about Kate Bush. She was like random stuff. And someone's like, why don't you talk about her music? I like sent them a link to Strange for not this podcast. And I was like, here's literally hours of analysis I've done for music. And here's an article I've had published on it and like, et cetera. So you go suck things. Okay. You know? I've just realized something about the top she's wearing in this. There's a picture the of her. One. I know. There's a... I know. The 1980 park. There, there's a picture, yeah, the her in the park, and she's like wearing the, yep, with the zippers, with the leather pants, and it's also kind of obvious that she's not wearing a bra on her net. She never, she, this woman has never worn a bra in her life. You can see oh, it very cool clearly. I don't wear a bra. Me neither, but I'm like, you know, why but not? she's. I mean, I have, t- I'm, I'm tiny breast though. She is largely endowed and never wears a bra, so I'm just like mm-hmm. that must be painful. But you do you. But yes, this is the same zipper top that she wears in. Um, that she wears in those fantastic photos in the park with leather pants. Mm-hmm. And my main comment on this skirt is that this basically, like whoever sewed it, just kind of stopped very soon. It is not even a skirt. You, when she does the rolling the ball, you see her. In, well, again, I've said this before, I'm not attracted to her. She's a mother figure. So I don't mean this in that Same kind here. of way. <laughs> you see her whole butt. Like when she went from the side angle of the rolling the ball, her whole ass is exposed. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> you need to sew that skirt a little bit. Like you see her not on this part, but earlier when she's alone on mm. the higher elevated stage, you see her. You see her entire ass, and I'm just like, this skirt is not a skirt. This is two pieces of fabric that are barely held together. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm curious that. for your take. I'm like, what do you think of the kind of so in this performance? Unlike so in the tour of life, they performed it kind of like detectives. Not so much here, but the dance. She's not, but the dancers still are, and she's wearing a fedora, which is supposed to be a nod to that. What do you think of the idea of interpreting a song as like somehow detective-related? I honestly, I've never quite understood what she's trying to say with this, with the whole like the detective thing. I've never understood that. 
Yeah, I really like actually, so in the Efteling, if I, you all should look up F. Kate Bush Efteling 1978, that one is not, um, well, that's where she's which is great. But yeah, and the, the I, she has this, the, so for those of you who are familiar with this, she has a standard move for the um, chorus where them heavy people indicates like holding her hands out and shaking them randomly, kind of Frankenstein-ish. I don't mm-hmm. guess what that, like because most of the time, a lot of the dance moves that she does with the song she is like literally acting out what the word is saying but this isn't like they're rolling the ball no she literally rolls the ball but this so i've just i've never i mean with kate you just can't really you just have to stop asking questions at a certain point but yeah i've never really gotten the detective thing and then she and i'm like okay you're doing the detective thing but she also did an snl mm-hmm. and but isn't doing it for the christmas special like did you lose the jacket what's going on and it has this skirt where you see that isn't even a skirt you see whole butt but this performance is also unhinged but that goes without saying because that goes for this entire thing yeah also oh, and this is the best moment coming up where she <laughs> he knocks a bottle of her head and she's like her ashes Great. i also honestly i feel like the the theme of this song is kind of abstract and hard to really like represent on stage and serious and they make it funny mm-hmm. yeah it is very hard to yeah it, it is very hard to to put on stage but like why this this yeah. is so unrelated to it oh and, and at the end of the performance, there's a lot of very strange <gasps> facial gestures and but it's very cute and endearing like i like at the end and she does this this ties into before the dawn which we won't see but we can hear that huh, I will never stop shading that. Which is that <laughs> at the um, which is that at the end of every performance, she goes, "Thank you, thank you." And similarly here, you can see after performance, each performance she has this look on her face of like a gratitude, mm-hmm. and it goes to that humility. So next we have up as a bridge into Brina Gabriel's yeah. solo. We have her, Patty, and a woman who I don't know who she is, and Patty's her brother. So if you don't know, mm-hmm. and they're singing this little like hymn about an angel named. Gabriel. Gabriel. And who is it? Mr. Peter Gabriel himself. Yep. Who appeared with her for um, the Bill Duffield tribute that they did partway through the tour of life because um, Bill was her lighting engineer who passed away in an unfortunate accident when they were going through and checking things after the first rehearsal for a tour of life and he fell through a trap door that wasn't sealed properly. And so he appeared with her to sing. I know they did uh, The Man with the Child in His Eyes, Them Heavy People. Um, They did, wow, they did one of his, oh, it was I Don't Remember. They did I Don't Remember. And... Because Roy Harper was there too. Yeah. I'm, I've gotten a little bit more into Peter's music while doing the podcast because I feel like in some ways, their their careers are not the same, obviously, but that they have interesting parallels with each other. Like his album, So, is like the one that a lot of people remember and had a lot of the big hits from the 80s on it, like Sledgehammer, In Your Eyes. That's And that was released at about the same time as Hounds of Love. And then like Melt was, that was the one that Kate was kind of, singing with him on with um, Games Without Frontiers and he introduced her to the Fairlights. Right, and it's, what's interesting about this moment in time during the Christmas special is that this is when she's 
making Never Forever using the Fairlight very heavily. So mm-hmm. it's like, so him being on this is almost like foreshadowing. And yet, sometimes I've wondered why he's on it, because it's not like, I feel like a lot of times when someone has this type of special, they'll be like, here's my like friend who's not as well known yet, but like needs a little career boost. So I'm going to give him the spotlight. But he was pretty much just as big as her for a team. So did he need that? I don't know. I mean, he was, he was kind of, he had broken away from Genesis at that point. So right. he was kind of starting the solo career. And I know the original version of this song was on, I think his second album, it's called Nails. Cause it's got like long scratches or, or it's called Nails or Scratch or something like that. And the original version of this song is honestly not very good. It's very overproduced. I much prefer it actually in this setting. Uh, yeah, I really love his voice. Um, I really do. I like the performance a lot. I just don't need him in, in my Christmas special. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's so campy, and then you have, like, an actual, like, somber performance, and I'm like, I think, like, okay, yes, we kind of need a chaser after all of this hecticness, but it only gets even more bonkers from here. Oh, it so does. I, as much as I, I, like, this is a, I'm glad this has been recorded on film because it's a great performance of him during an interesting time in his career. I'm also like, I don't know, like, it's not like I, I'm. It reminds me of like I don't, I'm thinking of like like Lady Gaga had a uh, was it a Christmas special or Thanksgiving special? It was with the Muppets, and like she had to do that with Elton John on it. And it reminds me. I'm like, was that was this necessary for? The, I don't know. Um, I think it's like it's like in these types of Christmas specials, people are always like, I have here's my celebrity friends, but Kate just doesn't feel like the type of person who's like showing off her celebrity friends versus Lady Gaga, who's like. Did you hear that? Guess what? I'm Elton John's kid's godmother. Like, yes, we've heard 20 times, you know? So, oh, but it's over. And now it's over. So, it's so weird to see him with hair because I'm used to him being an older, you know, being older and like having was, no hair. He, he was cute. He was. It's he really thing. does. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, God. The Rantan <gasps> Waltz. We wish you So, what I mentioned earlier is that I introduced this to people as the thing where Kate Bush starts dressed as a bat and it only gets weirder from there. The other way you should describe it is this is something where Kate Bush, so if you haven't seen it, his description, this is where Kate Bush performs a song dressed not only as a man, but for some inconceivable reason, a fiddler in the roof type cosplay. Um, like with, she's literally like fake, like pious beard, like it's very fiddler on the roof. So she's dressed as a man. Then one of her male dancers dresses and drags a woman. The other male dancer is dressed as a baby, as an adult baby. Mm-hmm. So it speaks to the weirdness of this Christmas special that I had probably seen it about 10 times before I even noticed that one of her dancers is dressed as a motherfucking adult baby. <laughs> Which is like the most glaring thing ever. And now, and not only that, but she sits on him. She's, it's just, it's the, this is the weirdest, well, this is the, might be the strangest moment of her career. This is honestly like this is probably the weirdest performance. Like I get what she's trying to yeah. do. But and what do you? Why is it on the roof? Jag? Yeah, but, and what? I I appreciate like her playing with gender norms that you know. Yeah. Oh, and when her beard her beard even falls off, it's a, a Judith Butler kind of field day about the limits of performativity. You know. <laughs> this is this is bon- This is. It remind and this is what I love about her though is like she doesn't care about being sexy, mm-hmm. you know. She doesn't care about being silly. She's gonna do whatever the fuck she feels like. 
my question is, why is it like, I guess we're being in drag. Why is it this like old timey fiddler, like Jewish coded drag? That's what I get. And this is also one of the few times you can see how tiny she truly is because she's not wearing her heels with these much larger male dancers. And it's really cute. And Oh, well, wait, speaking but, um, of really cute, we have my cat who's yeah. decided, like, hi, mommy's watching that British thing. Hi. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, you know, something's weird when it has an adult dressed as a baby and you don't even notice that until you've seen it 10 times. But yeah, Random Waltz, I miss the, I, the song to me feels a little gimmicky. Um, it's fun. It's, it's fun. Not too often because it does feel a little bit, it just feels a little gimmicky. It feels like it kind of harkens back to, like, the folk music that she grew up with. Yeah. Especially, like, with the arrangement and the song topic. And that's why I think, also, she might be going to that Fiddler on the Roof thing. It's like, oh, like, old, like, mm-hmm. like folk, like, Russian village thing. But Oh, I love December. <laughs> we'll be magic again. I was listening to this today. Because it's December. I so prefer... I'm so glad this exists because I really, I don't know about you or other people listening, I really prefer this recording to the official recording. Oh, I did too. And my absolute favorite is the bongo one, which, oh, oh, that's a whole other episode. Um, That's the highest. You would think the Christmas festival is the most high anyone has ever been on the BBC. No. (laughs) The bongo performance is the most high anyone has ever been on British television. They're saying a lot. But this, um, this performance just, again, it's that symphony and blue thing of just raw talent, and when, like, when I listen to December Louis Magic again, the actual single, it feels overproduced. It feels a bit overwrought. And I love overduction. Give me extra, more the better. But I feel like she almost gets lost in it. But this version is just so focused on her as a musician and her talent that I really love it. Like, I wish this was the version that was a single. Mm-hmm. I also like that because she doesn't perform live really and so any chance that I have for I I like seeing just like when you strip away all the production mm-hmm. are you left with the bone bare bones of a good song yes you are and and yeah I I like that you can see that within uh within the performance of this song and she also I I also love like being able to because like, I'm the vocal nerd that I love being able to like see like kind of the things that she's doing like get that sound what i find is interesting is that like first of all i love that she lets her accent through which a lot of british singers don't like i didn't know that adele was british until she started talking like when she was like really new and so in this like she's like doesn't seem to have like a whole lot of space in her mouth and but it's all very relaxed and that's hard to do and she's singing a lot of this in like head voice. I mean, you, you can tell this is like her never forever era. Like I love her voice mm-hmm. in this era. You and I both. Yeah, I love her, her voice in this era. And she we got the crimped we got the crimped hair action too. Oh, oh my god! Oh the crimp! It just she has perfect hair. Why would you mutilate it that way? But it got back at the end of 1980. If you go and watch the um, if you watch the when she does the. It's the in, it's there's like an in, where she does the thing with the school. There's actually some photos from like an um, EMI event in 1980 where it's back to being like more a more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least I love the color. I mean, like, right now I just redid my hair yesterday, so it's the satin your last color. So I love when it's dark red like it is here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um yeah, and it's funny when you talk about the bare bones element because if I listen to the actual single version, I heard this way before I ever heard the original single version. Was always listening to this, 
if I had just listened to the original single version, I wouldn't really know if it was a good song, if it, if it could be a good song for the bare bones. But listening to it this way, it absolutely is. So I feel like that's another way in which this would be a kind of definitive version and the, the production of the other one almost does a disservice. Although it is fun. Like when her voice starts to echo and goes, the ah thing, it's fun. I do. I enjoy it. But like, but this to me is just more moving, especially from as a Christmas song because her performance in the Christmas special of this song has very nostalgic feeling, almost to like the nostalgia of warm and soothing. I also really like in this version, she sings the title line a little bit differently. You know, she, yeah. she sim before going and staying up there, whereas in the single version, mm-hmm. she doesn't. I just exactly. love those little variations. Like it shows like a song yeah. like breathing and living and changing. That's that's why I thought, oh, here we go. Oh my god. If I she had th- continued touring, I feel like this would have been like a James and the Cool Gun movement moment. Like the like Yeah. So this is the wedding list. Oh we'll my god, the there. wedding list. So the wedding list <laughs> performance here. <laughs> so as we talked about in the wedding list episode, which I was a guest host on, go listen. It, the wedding list is based on the film Le Marier Something Noir, a.k.a. The Bride Wore Black by Francois Truffaut. However, instead of like somehow adapting that visually for her Christmas special, she decides to translate it to the Wild West. I don't know why. Yeah. She don't question her decisions. She just does her things. So her, she's wearing this wedding dress that is like Wild West inspired with this corset and boots. Her brother, Patty, is paying her husband. Oh, no, he's not a husband. He's the, well, he's a murderer. Yes, he's a murderer. Yep, he's so. a murderer. So basically, and this is what I was saying before, of this maybe shows why she couldn't tour, because she wanted to do more of the cinematic stuff. So during this performance, she's performing straightforwardly, and then it shoots into a flash, a newspaper image is superimposed, and a flashback, <laughs> I'm laughing at the most extreme reaction, flashback of her husband being killed at the altar. They had the most extreme facial expressions of all time. Um, I always say she would have been a phenomenal silent film actress if she oh, hadn't mm-hmm. been in a different era. I What's really fascinating is I've never found a single thing that points that says who the guy is who plays her husband, Rudy, poor doomed Rudy. Mm-hmm. He's good looking, good for him. So she is, she just acts completely psychotic throughout this whole thing. It's wonderful. I shouldn't say psychotic. Sorry, I'm a therapist. We know better. Unhinged. She acts completely unhinged. She's doing all these like dinosaur s hand movements. I get maybe it's foreshadowing for her later being featured on the dinosaur film soundtrack in 2000. <laughs> you know, she's a witch. <laughs> she's on features so about. So yeah, in the background, you also see the one, the only Mr. Dell Palmer. Um, throughout all of this, when you see Dell in the background, he's having, he's living his best life. He's like leaning very, he, he's living his best life. He's in a great time. But so she's just actually basically stalking the guy who killed her husband, played by Patty, her brother. What's odd is that Patty plays her brother, plays the shooter and the priest who married them. Mm-hmm, which so I like, found very interesting. Is it a conspiracy? You know, why didn't Dell play one of them? I you know something like that. Also, it says Pete 76. Fets, yeah, which would be party. The, oh, Fet 76, yeah, Fet 76. Um, which is interesting, I guess. I'm like, why 1976? You know, this is 1979. Honestly, the only. Maybe he wrote it in 76. The only thing I could think of with 76 is the, I mean, is the bicentennial of America in 1976. But we all know Kate Bush doesn't, doesn't care about America. I was going to say, she doesn't care, about, she doesn't care about, about America. But yeah, so this performance, so she, it, I think why you say it would be her James and the cold gun moment is because she pulls out a gun and just starts shooting. Yeah. And then she goes, and also, so it just, it's very unhinged. It's so much fun. Like Graham Thompson 
he is on Fairs the Christmas special, but he does say like this performance is absolutely fabulous, and he's right. And Dell Wright just did a good like lean. Um, so, and I always call this her. Um, I already mentioned Miss Stephanie Germanata, but this is her like Lady Gaga soulfulness because she starts spontaneously bleeding from her mouth out of nowhere and other parts of her body. And as many of us know, the really famous, I believe 2009, Lady Gaga performance of Paparazzi at the VMAs, where she starts spontaneously bleeding from random parts of her body. I'm like, that's directly ripping off this performance of the wedding list. Mm-hmm. So Kate Bush did it first, everyone, like with most things. But so she's bleeding from her mouth. She's stomping over the ruins of the death that she's caused and just like performing with all the fervor and passion that one can have. And it's interesting because the lyrics say, you know, she commits suicide. It doesn't show any suicide. So maybe the bleeding mouth is meant to represent us like she poisoned herself. But it's, it's, it's you know, I'm glad they didn't show her mur- kill herself on TV. This is a very dark song to be playing. <laughs> in a well, I mean, we talked special. about this on the episode that it's also a dark song to perform for the, in front of the Prince of Wales, which she did in 1983. So. True. Yeah, you too. No, eighty-three, eighty-three. Oh um, yeah, this yeah. one. So this is her. And, what's the name of it again? This it's, is another day. Another day. I thought I was like ninety. I remember before. when when I did the song episode, and I did this when I was still married to Andrew, <laughs> and not married anymore. And I listening to the original version of the song. This is actually a cover of a song by Roy Harper, mm-hmm. and his version is sung just by him. I honestly feel like that song works better. I don't feel like this song really works as a duet. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And this is one that I usually will kind of like watch parts of and then skim. What I like about this performance, so for those of you who haven't seen it, Kate and Peter, they're sitting at, you know, my parents just talk about my first name. They're sitting at this table with a teacup because they're British. Of course they're drinking tea. And... Mm. She is wearing a, like, it's, this is the most, like, chill she looks in terms of her, like, physical part. She normally, you have to, she's all dressed up, but she's wearing this, like, what referred to as a peasant blouse and, like, and jeans. And they're sitting at tables just kind of bemoaning their doomed, their lost love or whatever. And as they do this, behind them projected is, it almost reminds me actually a bit of the This Moon Work video when it shows the couple sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. Um so you see her in this very beautiful, like, I just probably the exact same dress she wore in the Hammer Horror video, because she always recycles stuff. So she's wearing this, like, lovely goth Morticia dress, and um, <laughs> and they're reenacting, like, an argument they had in mm-hmm. their relationship. So what I like about this performance is that Kate is 100% committed, acting with a capital A, all the facial expressions. Peter Gabriel is just sitting there like he's comatose. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a very funny contrast. And then when they cut to like the background piece of their fight, he's trying to act. He's trying. But boy, our boy can't act. She's doing it. She's like, she's giving all the emotion, all the range. Yeah. And he just cannot muster up anything besides one expression on his face. And so it's very entertaining to watch for that reason. But also, I think that he was like comatose. But also, I think feel like he was purposely acting that way be given like the topic of the song could be in a way that's very generous of you that's very generous i think he's i'm gonna go with that i I, like look when you look at her in the drawers like at the end she's doing this thing now she's looking down looks so sad and like you really feel her emotion and he just looks is looking ahead at the window like he's been in a coma for a year 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like, and she's really giving it her all. And I love, she has this relaxed body posture, like I, me right now, like, you know, like just sitting with her leg. But yeah, I do. I love this for her. Like, if you just watch her, it's a fascinating performance. I'm like, it's a great performance just to see her kind of acting pretty well. Like she's mm-hmm. not, it's not like in the wedding list where she's overacting. She's actually showing emotions in a more nuanced way, which nuance is not usually in her vocabulary. That's huge. Um, and I do like the contrast of watching them in front. It's interesting to see what she does video and like what's happening in the front foreground versus background. And yeah, I love the goth black dress. Um, mm-hmm. The hair. Yeah, now he's trying to show some emotion by putting his hands in his head. So I'm like, it's not enough. Yeah, Peter. but Peter, like, no. you're not, you're not going, you're not going to go for the whole actor singer thing. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe she dragged me into this. He's like, okay, are we and done from yet? Here, and what we have is she said, well, mm, he couldn't ask. He was a little too sedate. What I'm going to do is give you the least sedate thing of all time, and which is this performance of Egypt. Cecily, mm. you go first. <laughs> okay. I can see what she was trying to go Because, you know, I always try to be positive. I always do. Yeah. I can see what she was trying to go for with this, but... Can you explain to the audience... Okay, so what we have here, this is Kate against a green, a blue screen. And I'm saying a blue screen because if she's dancing, you're seeing like splays of blue there because she's against a blue screen. And we have images of the Giza pyramids and various like images of Egypt while she's dancing and she's dressed in like this like silk, like pink, pink outfit. Hot pink. With like hot pink with this black band around her nose. I'm not sure. It must I, be seen to be believed, essentially. Yeah, she's trying to look like she's in Egypt. Oh, and then we have like images of poor neighborhoods in Egypt, um, ghettos transposed with the um, with the Sphinx from the pyramids, and she's oh, okay, we got Kate back here. You still see like bits of the blue screen there. I can't. Sorry, I can't do. I I see him dancing well. I always do the moves with her. I can see what she's going for in this performance, but I feel a little bit. It feels like cultural appropriation. There's some poverty. There's some. There's some poverty porn. There's like the I'm going to show some images like the destitution of of Egypt, and now I'm going to dance in my. Whatever this stuff it is, it's yeah. supposed to be Middle Eastern, but it's not in front of the Sphinx. So the nose thing is actually it's supposed to mimic the Sphinx. So she has like this thing covering her nose to kind of mimic the Sphinx, which Sphinx I can never pronounce it, which doesn't have a nose. The thing is, is there some cultural appropriation appropriation going on? Yeah. I don't find it offensive. Again, I'm white and not Middle Eastern, so it's not my place. But I don't find it offensive because it's so fucking ridiculous. Like this is not something. This is not try. This is so silly. That, like, I can't even take it seriously enough mm. to find it offensive. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm saying, I'm not saying I find it offensive. I mean, very little right. like, well, truly I, offends I, me. I remember, so I, in 2014, had a Kate-mas party around the holiday time. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of friends over. We watched Christmas special, lots of videos. Um, I, don't know if it, I don't know if that many of them talking anymore. Um, <laughs> but we. I remember one of my friends like, this is offensive. And I was like... I hear that, and that's valid to feel that way. But this is like it would be like it's so 
silly. Like there's, to me, there's like, and I do call this out being problematic very often. I have on the podcast. I talk about like the song. I think there's elements are problematic. Um, I don't think it's performance dance. I think it's just too fucking, but like you can't, it would be like calling like a pokey, like jigglypuff, like a, like a mockery of bigger, larger size people or something. I don't know. Like it's just, it's so not even attached to reality in any way that like, I don't feel like it could be considered a offense, like a slight to Middle Eastern culture because mm. she's like so fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now we have her like multiple Kates, like against like a burning sun. I, oh, and when I prefer, I prefer the tour of life version of oh, this yeah. song. Both the instrumental and the performance, but I mean, no, I'm not gonna lie. I love this performance because it's so fucking batshit. It's so entertaining. It's mm-hmm. so entertaining. It is. And all, but I do prefer the prefer the tour of life. I think also one element that can be read as offensive that I understand is when so at one point two men stand behind her dressed in like an all black type of like chic outfit yeah. and like start like like pressing their arms down on her. So I can I do I can understand that being seen as like painting that like Middle Eastern man is some sort of dangerous oppressive force. So that's fair, but like in terms of like her and like also just showing these images of Egypt as poor when like that's such a not misrepresentation of the entire country. But I just think that you like that's like you can't take like that's taking this being offended by this performance is taking it too seriously almost. It's like how can you take this seriously? And here we have so that was <gasps> that was quite a performance. And here we have a lovely Deanna oh performance my god! Of the man the child's eyes. I love what this I like song. About this, I love this song. What I love about this performance is that this being Kate Bush, she says, I can't just sit at the piano and perform something. That's too normal. What can I do to make this weird? That's always the back of her head. She's like, yeah. what can I, no matter what situation she's in, she's like, what can I do to make this weird? So what comes up is that superimposed on the bottom of the screen, so it looks like she's on the piano, is a mini Kate in her full silver bodysuit. Um, which is quite similar to the way she performed this song on um, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night where she Live. was actually sitting on Paul Schaefer's piano in a bodysuit. So it's just basically she's now herself and Paul Schaefer. So it's a lovely chance to see both her being her batch itself and just her, that performance of raw talent. And also what's funny is you, when you watch oh. it, you can see that underneath her like, robe, yeah. she's wearing the bodysuit. Yep. So they probably, what they probably did was they shot her doing the stuff in the bodysuit and then took that image and then, like, yeah, superimposed it and, and everything. God, Got the crimped hair like again. It, I was, it just looks like a chia pet. It's just so bad. She just, she's so, she just, when you have hair as her as she does, why do you do it? I, as I said, I'm grateful it made a comeback. The late, mid-79 to mid-80 was the, was the dark age, but then, then we got it again. <laughs> Well, now we're in, I'm in the sensual world era, and I oh. really love her hair and the, oh, it's so, so pretty. Like, I love it. I love it in every era for different reasons, except for mid, like around Tour of Life through around when Never Forever comes out. But then like a little bit after the release of Never Forever, it gets good. It gets good again. So in time for that, like performance with the little kids where she's doing that in your lap with them. But, um, like, there are some photos of her EMI at the end of 80 where her hair looks like non-Shia Pet. But, yes, this is a lovely, <laughs> again, it's a lovely performance. It's just so nice to see her, as you said, like, thought you redundant, just, like, yeah. doing the thing. Yeah. And she's, she's doing the girl and piano thing, but, like, 
the but everything about her is like it's she's she she had such she came out of like, like when she was becoming an artist like she had a very clear idea of who she was as an artist yeah. which i so appreciate and i i like the recorded version which i mean essentially was recorded when she was 15 years old 15 16 years mm-hmm. old but also like this version because it is just straight girl and piano and, and i like how that that backing Oh, I know. I love it. One of the best moments, the Christmas special comes right after the performance, which is right now, which is when Kate, um, she's something is chasing her. We don't know. And she runs and stuffs herself into a garbage. And who has not felt like that sometimes? We've all felt like stuffing ourselves into a garbage can sometimes, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a mood. It's a hashtag mood. Hashtag. So last, we're concluding with, and so this, this is, is a good example of where one. I love I love it. I know. This is a good example of what Grant Thompson was saying of how like this in a lot of ways is kind of just tour of life. Mm-hmm. So this is don't put your foot on the heartbreak. Um, so it's performed pretty much the exact same way she performed it in the tour of life, which is, yep. I always call it grief, her grief, bad Sandy moment. She's dressed like Sandy in grief and performing. But I love it. I actually, I, this is one of those dances I know by heart, but I haven't ever able to been, been able to perform because I don't have back dancers. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's a really fun dance to learn. And she just really, I just love the, I just love it. There's not much to add. I just love it. And like, there's something so feline, like the way she just moves her body, not in a sexy, I'm not, I mean, I can see why people would find it sexy, but like, it's, 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 it's so, it's just so bad Sandy. And I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting that she took kind of like a, like a grease sort of vibe to represent this song. You know it's what like I mean? what we were saying before of like why does them heavy people have to do with detective film noir? <laughs> but I think for this it makes a little more sense because it has this she called this is intended to be like her like rock song. So I think I can see why she therefore kind of perform, like she's like, I'm gonna wear my rock chick outfit. You know, and like mm. it's also related to driving, so you have like the leather jacket. Sorry, I'm, I'm like I automatically do the dancing along with it. So if you saw the video footage, I'm literally <laughs> doing it. But um so I think that's also, and like the dance move, it's unlike with them heavy people where it's like, what is this Frankenstein arm have to do with it? She's like kicking the brake metaphor. Like, I love here. the, I don't know if I mentioned in the song episode, I love the, she's insane, she's insane, yeah. she's insane. That they're just so super good. high. Oh my God. It's like some of that, those are some of her highest notes she's ever hit. Yeah. What I really like, I also, this is her bad Sandy moment and her cell block tango moment. For those of you who've seen Chicago and cell block tango, Oh, this reminds me a lot of Cell Block Tango, mm. the woman being behind a gate and then coming out and performing their own little thing. So I've always, I just really like the dancing and I really like the way that she utilizes the gated screen in the performance and like uses it to create different dimensions of space. Yeah. Like with Cell Block Tango. And there's good punching. How is she dancing and stuff when though this heels? I know, right? Like, I've always wondered. How do you do that? Like, my feet would be hurting. <laughs> I, I hate heels. I do not wear heels. Me, me too. Yeah, I love this outfit. I love this outfit. I love this oh, outfit too. Well, I do have a leather jacket, but I don't have the rest of it. Um, yeah, but this is, yeah. Oh, and then we're back. She's, she's back at the garbage can. 
But I, I wonder why do you think she made this? I mean, we can't, there's, we can only speculate and maybe speculation is pointless. I wonder why you think she made this the finale. Maybe because she wanted to leave people on like a rockin' note mm. or something like that. Like she wanted to leave them high energy. Mm. That that's kind of I guess. like, or maybe she just Wait, really think, enjoyed the routine. I think this was the finale on Tour of Life, actually. So that's probably why. Or she just and because it's the finale, but then she had the encore of Odin and My Lionheart and Wuthering Heights, which she doesn't have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have like the the instrumental version, kind of of uh, Wuthering Heights, because <laughs> people. Like, probably expecting her to do that and they were like hey wait she was right she was just so sick of it she had done it for so many different shows all over the world over europe that she like was like i'm done my favorite part that comes is in the credits i'm waiting for it there's one part where it's like this whole thing was conceived by kate bush <laughs> it's like reminds <laughs> me of like when you did like when you like you're on a group project and you do the whole thing yourself <laughs> like oh wait i didn't see it come up but it is there i could have sworn there's something worse or no oh it, that's actually at the end of the tour of life um that's the end of the tour of life yeah. on YouTube. As they say, like, produced, conceived, everything by Kate Bush. And I'm like, yes, but also that's not fully true. Yeah, because um, she had people helping her, too. Like, Yeah, but she's like the person who wants to take credit for the whole group project. And I'm like, no, Kate, I wrote that paragraph. Yeah, seriously. So that was the Kate Bush Christmas special. Wow. Like, I am always just blown away every time I watch it <laughs> I love it it's just, it's just the theatricality the of it and I mean I wish that I wish that she could have continued doing these kind of performances because they're such fun she just throws herself right into it I know like, it's, I mean but we ha- you know what it makes the fact that we don't have more of it makes what we have all the more special true and it would make every episode a lot longer because I'd be going through like all the live performances. <laughs> right. So it's sometimes it is helpful to stay on somebody who does, who's a hermit, you know, but, um, yeah, but yeah I, I hope that this was listenable for the rest of you who are listening. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> instead of just, just living our life. But, like, Cause we were like, how do we format this? Do we just talk about like, do we play it and talk about, mm-hmm. talk about playing it? Like, we, but, like we're like, whatever, we're going to do what we can. We hope everyone have a happy holidays. I mean, you know, it's been a hard year. Yeah. Um, and I hope there has been, Kate has brought me, I mean, she always, I don't want to quote a certain, now I'm thinking of the song <laughs> Bernie, but you know, it brings me joy. Um, she has brought me a lot of joy this year, but that's nothing new. She's brought me joy through all the, every moment in my life, really. And so Mine I'm very too. thankful for her and me for too. Like, it's funny, actually, at my work, um, we did this thing, like, during one of my groups I run, um, where we have to name something we're thankful for. And, like, even though, I'm, like, none of the kids I work with know who she is, it's like, I'm thankful. I realize, like, I'm, like, I'm thankful for my favorite musician for all the joy that, that she's brought into my life. Like, she's not just joy, but people. Like, she's brought so much to my life. And I, know. I hope that in these hard times that we can reflect on the things that we do have. And one of those things is music and art. And those are always there for us, no matter, even when we can't around other people we'll always have we always have kate with us you know she is she hasn't left mm-hmm. her house either so in 35 years so that's not, that's not true she has sometimes but you know. i mean i've been a fan of hers now for you know going on i guess it'd be about 15 years now 
because I've been I became a fan just before Ariel came out. Like it was very convenient. I became a fan right That's before funny. Ariel came out, and so she's been with me through a lot. Like she's I remember listening to Kate's music as I was getting the first apartment ready to pack up to go into go into my house. I was I was making wedding plans as I was unpacking. <laughs> I was unpacking stuff in the new house and through everything and all the shit I've been through two breakups this year and moving. And guess what? I listened to her as I was doing all those. She's just like you've talked about her being like a mother figure for you and she's that way for me. Like I feel it's like, like a she's just somebody who's I, I, always there. Yeah, I think for us it's that combination not just mother figure but also just like that like guardian angel. Yeah. Or she's just like, I'm you know, things are kind of shit right now, but, you know, things are going to be okay. And you know, just know that something good is going to happen. I mean, I, you're more, you're more optimistic than I am. But like, yes, I am. But yeah, I think <laughs> that's, not, that's also not, that's not hard. The bar is on the floor. But like, <laughs> yeah, I think that she, I don't even remember what I was going to say, but just that reflecting, she, she's the greatest gift of all. Yeah. I guess what I want to say is that if Kate Bush cannot leave her house and have no human contact for most of her life, we can do, we can keep going. We've got this guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got this. You know what? If anything, we didn't feel like 2020 was the year that we all, and unfortunately probably much of 2021 will be the year that we were like cosplay. We were just like role-playing Kate Bush. We're like, what is the day in the life of Kate Bush? Like, let's see, <laughs> let's experiment. Just, you know, with way fewer resources, not like, it would be nice if I had another, like, mansion in Devon on, like, the cliffs. But, you know, at least I'm, like, if she can do this, so can I. Mm-hmm. Except that she's, like, choosing to. But, you know. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> it's different. But, yeah, so I'm glad we got to do this. Hopefully you guys enjoy. And everyone have a happy – I mean, I don't even celebrate in holidays. I just – it for me, it's just, like, a day – as I said, I eat Chinese food. So, which I might not even get to this year. That's sad. I mean, I won't get to do my family. But, you know, I have my real family, Kate Bush, <laughs> around, always. So, Indeed. So keep keep your mother and your guardian angel close to you, everyone. Have a good holiday season Indeed. in 2021. And um, let's hope next year is a lot better. Yeah, I actually didn't have that bad of a year besides the global year being horrible. <laughs> um, but just I but I want to acknowledge that like globally, this has been a very tough year for people. And. I hope that Kate can bring joy and if not joy, then just distraction and respite to others the way that she has done to me throughout much mm-hmm. of my life. I know that there are things that she has got like, like a guardian angel. She has really guided me through life and Very much. I'm too. so thankful for her and hope that she can serve that purpose for others as well. Like she, like that's when we were talking earlier about at the end of each performance, she has this look on her face of gratitude, something. And like she, in before the dawn, always says, oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. At the end of everything, she's so genuinely thankful. And so I think it would, I, I am glad that like her work means so much to us. And I think that it genuinely, from what I can tell, means something to her that, that her work has touched us in this way. Um, like, does she love that we make memes about her? I make memes. Well, other people, boss people make memes about her, calling her, like, hee-haw bitch. Like, maybe not. But she's not seeing those anyway. She's not seeing those anyways. And, like, and I think that it's just nice to, like, know that 
even though she doesn't really give a shit that any of her fans exist, that like she's out there doing her thing in mm-hmm. her big home, not making music, not releasing a DVD, just living her life and great and that she genuinely cares and is grateful for the fact that we appreciate her work. Like that that look of gratitude on her face in both nineteen seventy nine and twenty fourteen, you know, it's it's a nice it's nice to know that someone like her who has so much can still be humbled by what she has. And it's oh, yeah. a nice reminder for us to take stock of what we have and we appreciate appreciate that. I also find like what's especially really telling is that there there's this picture. I'm sure you've seen this picture of like her with everybody who worked with her on Before the Dawn. Yeah. And that like you have to really look for Kate. She's not out there being like, Oh hi everybody, hey instead she's she's like in the background like you really have to look for her she's about like you know i'm just i brought all these people together for this great experience and i will never release on dvd fuck you anyway um that she's... i hated you i loved you too <laughs> and so like you really just have to look she's just so grateful that she has people who want to help her bring her vision to life and that I, I feel like she's one of those people who's like genuinely like, oh, wow, people like what I do. Hey, that's great. Like, she's genuinely about it's not like, oh, well, yes, of course, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what she said after for the, when she put out like a message on her fan site after Before the Dawn. She said, I, I literally did not realize that my work was this, this important to people and feeling that connection with people every night was really important. And so just a reminder to stay connected to the people you care exactly. about. Um you know, and yeah, what I love about that is she sees herself as part of the crew, a part of a team, not like I'm Kate Bush, mm-hmm. listen here, do do as I say. Which is, but yeah, especially we are in the central world season two in terms of podcast, talking a lot about connectivity, relationships, and it's really important, especially in these times, to really treat one another with kindness. And she is known for someone who is always treated with respect, like people, photographers she's worked with once have said they've she's gotten Chris, they've gotten Christmas cards from her. When's my, where's my Christmas card? Um, but I deserve it. I promote, I'm like the number, I've like made more people listen to Night of the Swallows. Like, come mm-hmm. on, like I'm responsible for like half of that song's iTunes purchases. <laughs> like I deserve a Christmas card. But, um, but, so yeah, so I think that being a fan of somebody who herself is, despite what we've talked about, her so extra, so dramatic, is also so humble and grounded, is a really nice reminder of how, of like an inspiration for us to be the same. Exactly. Happy holidays. I think Cecily, we will, we can hang up, we can still hang up a phone, but still talk via Zoom, but yeah, um, for a bit before I eat. But yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Hope that this uh, episode was listenable. <laughs> Indeed. I think it will be. I think I will, hope you all enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed doing this. It's just neat to actually like see you and stuff. I know. And, and no, I didn't have too many of my ADD talk. habits either. Like, hey, no yeah. twirling a hair. <laughs> <laughs>